Live from the studio in downtown <clears throat> Uptown Charlotte. Is that a thing? Phantom Radio. Phantom Radio Podcast on RadioCharlotte.com. It's Ren. Hope everybody's doing well. Hey, I want to say thank you to all the people that have sent emails and messages and just saying how much you, you like what we do and support it. That means a lot to me. I feel the love and I'm sending love back to every single one of you out there. All right, tonight we're going to be talking about something that, you know, again, is uh, this is something that I've always been curious about my entire life. Uh, but that curiosity starting to grow lately. You know, there's some interesting things happening in the world. So I have a question for you. Are extraterrestrials real? Are UFOs real? You ever seen something in the sky? Not quite sure what it was, but, you know, you may have just kind of put it off to the side and didn't think much about it. A lot more people seem to be seeing these things in the sky, and a lot of uh, information is going around the globe right now about this. So we're going to talk about this tonight and kind of dive into it a little bit. Now, you know, as always, doesn't matter what I think. This is just kind of a glimpse into my perspective on it. It's always good to look inside yourself, to feel inside yourself, and find what resonates with you. That's always the most important thing. So tonight we're going to be talking to a MUFON investigator. Now, MUFON stands for the Mutual UFO Network, and she's here in North Carolina. She investigates the UFO cases and sightings in North Carolina, and North Carolina is in the top ten in the country for UFO sightings and has been for a very long time. She has a book out called You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens. Pretty fascinating stuff. We'll talk about that, too. Sev Talk. Sev, how are you? Hi, Ren. I'm doing really well. Thank you for this opportunity to spend time with you and your listeners. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. Some of the, the topics that, that you're into and in your work is really fascinating to me, and I have so many questions, and I want to uh, to talk about this and share this with everybody out there because there are people out there that are into the whole UFO thing. They may not understand it. They may have seen things, experienced things. They don't know the answers behind it, and I'm hoping we can kind of educate people on this today. Well, I love talking about it. Uh, I love talking about a variety of topics relating to the UFO reality, to experiencers, and also to spiritual transformation, which is part of this entire UFO reality. And a lot of people don't realize that. You know, it, it's kind of funny. Um, I heard a conversation, I think it was last summer. Um, I was sitting outside of my balcony. I had seen a red orb fly over. Uh, pretty close, and it was really large. It was completely solid, completely round. There wasn't light projecting from it. It was a solid red object. It looked like a ball of fire or plasma kind of flying across the sky, and shortly after that, I hear a random conversation of two people on the street, and I hear a girl tell her, her friend, UFOs are real. Aliens are real. They're just not what you think they are, and that made a lot of sense because that's kind of the way it is, is not the little green men think that you think of, really. There's a lot more to it, especially the spiritual side of it. Yes, and that ball that you saw, that red glowing ball, is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my best friends, Elizabeth, lives on the island of Maui in Hawaii, and she mm-hmm. saw the same thing over there. Wow. And uh, it could be a variety of things. Most importantly, in my opinion, I believe when we make contact with something like that, it's to activate us. Mm-hmm. It's uh, for a divine message, right. and it's to help us. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? 
I, I agree. Is it a good feeling when you were looking at it? It was. It, uh, I have seen these things before throughout my life, and so I recognized it instantly. I don't really know how to explain it. It was kind of an exciting feeling. You know, there was no fear whatsoever behind it. Uh, as soon as I saw it, I, I remember thinking, oh, hey, that's one of those things, you know, but, but I got such a good look at it because it was so close. The only way I can really describe it is it felt like it opened up something inside of me or maybe a remembrance or memories. I don't know how to really explain it or describe it. It's a lot more that I understand without fully understanding it, if that makes any sense. Did you try to communicate with that glowing orb? Not at the time. It's not something I really thought about. It was more of just being in awe of seeing it. Mm-hmm. Would you like to communicate with it? I would love to. I mean, I'm curious to find out what it is or who it is. But I will say when I've seen them, I've seen them since uh, here over the, the city here in Charlotte. And I remember sitting on my balcony thinking that I would love to see another one of these again so I can get a better look at it. If it is something that's not of this world or something more mm-hmm. to this. And shortly after that, it flew right over my balcony, right over my head, really low. And it felt like it was trying to get my attention. And so I got a, a really good look at it and it flew straight out towards the city skyline. And I remember thinking, wait, wait, come back. I want to see, I want to see this. I want to see more of it. And it stopped and just sat there over the city. And then for a good five, six minutes was just flying around doing all kinds of different things. And then it left. And when it left, it left really quick. That is really cool that you called it in. And so it can hear you and feel you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would just suggest the next time you call it in and it appears Mm -hmm. to connect with it. Uh, and to hear, feel, and see any interdimensional information that it has for you. Information has energy Mm -hmm. to it, just like we have energy, information and knowledge has energy. And as we change our personal frequency so that it gets higher and higher and higher, Mm -hmm. we then align with higher frequency information and higher frequency knowledge. Sometimes we call that an aha moment Uh when all of a sudden we know something. But all of that knowledge sits inside us. Uh, What we have to do is just align with the frequency of that knowledge and then we know it. And the same thing for the experiences that we have in our lives. So the higher our frequency, the, the more loving, the more kind our experiences tend to be. And also, uh, as far as communicating with ETs, the higher our frequency, uh, the more we are apt to align with beings also of a higher frequency. So when I teach people how to make contact, I spend a lot of time on asking them, what is the energy or the vibe that you give out? Because if you're giving out a vibe of fear or victimization, which I used to do for most of my life, Mm -hmm. I was a great victim, Mm -hmm. but I eliminated that fear. Because I had that fear, I was translating my ET experiences in a negative way. Right. Uh, Through the the experiences that I had, I then realized, oh, they're not here to hurt me or aggravate me or to victimize me. They're actually here to help me get over those freak, those vibrations that I harbor. Right. And once I got over them, then I saw how helpful and loving and kind my experiences have been. Two, 
uh, to the betterment of my my life, my mind. That makes so much sense. You know, it, again, after the the first one I saw here uh, back last June, it uh, like I said, it it kind of felt in a in a strange way, like it opened something up inside me. But I noticed that I I, I began on this path of uh, I'd never been one to to really be into meditation. I mean, you know, quiet moments of contemplation and thought, yes, but really meditation, not really. And I felt really drawn to start doing that for some reason. Never really had any interest in it before. And I started to to do that uh, a year ago. And it was a little awkward at first getting used to it. Um, But as you really kind of surrender to it and and really get into it and focus more on that present moment, I noticed that things in life started to change. And I noticed that there were more days that were just seemed bright and beautiful and amazing uh, and less that were stressful. And there were some things I noticed where I would be talking to a friend, for example, and they would just throw out a random question in the conversation and I knew the answer. It just came to me. And this is, you know, on, on a topic or, that I just didn't know about or didn't know much about, but it's like the answer came to me. And I'm thinking, wait, where did that come from? What is that? I didn't really know this stuff this specifically before, but suddenly here it is. So I think I know what you're saying about raising that vibration and really being able to get in touch with, with knowledge and information like that. Yeah, that is so exciting. I love to hear uh, stories just like the one you just yeah. told me. Uh, it, it's, it's fantastic. The more of us who uh, are consciously aware of the quality of our vibration, the more of us are going to do mm-hmm. that personal work, yeah. uh, which isn't easy. Uh, that's why many of us don't do it yeah, to yeah. raise our vibration. Uh, and it's an individual process and then it becomes a collective process. So yeah. in order to collectively change, we have to individually change her. So every single person matters. Right. Absolutely. In discovering the truth yeah. of who we are, what we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fascinating. It's uh, sometimes it's hard to find the words to describe some of the things I've experienced uh, since then. But it is fascinating. I mean, it's it's personal growth, but but not just me. You know, I started to notice, and I think the situation last year with uh, the the pandemic and and being at home kind of opened a lot of this up for a lot of people. But I do think that being at home, like we all were last year for so long, gave people a chance to to stop and to take a deep breath and to relax and really start to look more inward. Oh, I agree with you. We were given a glimpse of a possible future where work is not primary, but family and Mm -hmm. what makes your heart sing is really the most important thing. Yes, work is important, but we, it was, we were becoming very imbalanced and we saw the glimpse of what it's like to spend a lot of time outside. We saw nature cleaning up. We saw so many things that we loved. And so here we are, we finally reached the, this pivotal point. What are we going to do? Are we going to go backwards? collectively and individually we're going to go backwards to what we know uh which is safe Mm -hmm. but we don't really care for it or are we going to move forward to what we don't know so for some people that's uh that makes them feel unsafe but what we don't know in not knowing there's so much potential for growth and manifestation and that's where we are right now that pivotal moment some of us are going to transcend some of us are going to go 
back to same old, same old. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping more of us transcend then go back to same old, same old, because then mm-hmm. that will help this uh, energy ball that we've created to continue to gather speed and snowball and to move forward. And that is what many of us on earth are just asking for peace. We just want peace. Right, I and know. all of this holds to bring us peace. Yeah. Unfortunately, watch that 60 Minutes episode. Did you see it, right? Yeah. That was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was negative. Mm-hmm. And there was a definitely watch out. There's something in our airspace. Yeah. It could hurt us. Who is yeah. it? The Russians, the Chinese. And the episode just skirted the whole issue of other advanced civilizations uh, coming here. It yeah. was completely, in my opinion, avoided, yeah. <laughs> which was why we were all watching, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was on 60 Minutes, so that's good. And so it's opened up right. even the topic even more. So all of that is positive. But still, I know a lot of, you know, read a lot <laughs> yeah. of our TV shows, documentaries and everything. It was just like, Americans love to be scared. I know. Yeah. Why? Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good question. You do see a pattern now. More of these stories are coming out in mainstream media, but you're right. It's more of the threat narrative of, Oh, this could be a threat. We don't know what it is. It could be a threat. And it's not like that. It's a peaceful thing. There is nothing threatening about this whole situation whatsoever. I agree. Cause we would have been annihilated to bits a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also, heard i mean i don't have personal experience in what i'm about to say but i've heard that there is some type of galactic agreement mm-hmm. that we're not to be directly interfered with uh and that was mm-hmm. that was agreed upon mm-hmm. but now mm-hmm. that that agree that agreement is starting to be changed and i don't know about all that ren all of that, I'm not really interested right. in all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm really focused on the present moment and the nature of humanity. Yeah. And I'm also really focused on helping experiencers uh, understand what happened mm-hmm. and why so they, can, uh, so they can do their personal journey and transcend as well if they wish to. Right. So there are many of us in the UFO realm who are operating from the platform of love, mm-hmm. as yeah. I am, as you are, yeah. uh, many of us. And then there's many who are operating from the platform of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the more of us that love, that's going to overwhelm the, that feeling or that energy of fear that is so persistent in our collective consciousness. Right. Uh, I'm just looking forward to that day where we're not introduced to ETs in such a scary way. It's really unfortunate. It seems like it's a narrative that the government is creating. Yeah, yeah. Something else that's kind of come to me, I know some people call them downloads. The information's within us. You know, we have access to it. But something that came to me not long ago was that it's, it's an individual process. That, yeah, the day will probably come when they just kind of appear all around the world and say, hey, here we are, you know. But in the meantime... It feels like it's more of a an individual experience. Like, uh, and I, and from people I've talked to, seem to feel the same way that when they see something, it's an experience meant for them in a way to build a connection, to build a relationship. I guess you can say on an individual level, in a way that that person, that individual, can understand it and get used to it, and and kind of incorporate the the thought and the idea and the theory 
of this into their lives and it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, that's why we're not seeing them everywhere right now because we're still at a place where not everybody can, can handle it or understand it, but more on an individual level, it seems to be working. Are you coming across that too? Yes. Well, I do work with experiencers around the world. Uh, I encourage people who've made contact to contact me right. on my website, planetsev.com and tell me what happened to you. It's all in private and I'll respond to you Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we'll have a dialogue going and I'll help you as much as I can for free. I think it's really important to do this, at least for me. Yeah. Uh, and because the spiritual, the spiritual aspect of it is, uh, is paramount to me. It's also what I do for a career. I'm a spiritual counselor. Mm -hmm. I just try and help people become as happy as they can. Yeah. Uh, and for a human, that's not easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we've been taught yeah. something different. But. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, have we been brainwashed. And going back to the individual, uh, individual experience, uh, Many individuals are really haunted by their experiences right. and are in turmoil over them and are unable to express themselves authentically. Right. And for many of us, our ET experience is part of our authenticity, and right. it is very important to face it, recognize it and admit it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to come out and write a book like I did or do conferences or interviews, but it's really important you come out to yourself because denying your truth mm -hmm. will negatively yeah, hurt yeah. every arena of your life mm -hmm. because you're operating from the platform of a lie about who and what you are. And that happened to me because, uh, because in denying this since I was a child, uh, I was harboring that negative energy and that's just that my inability to be the real me because the really the success to fulfillment and peace and uh, a dynamic full, fulfilling life is to be the real you. Yeah. So in denying that, I did not have healthy relationships. I've been married twice. Uh, mm -hmm. They were abusive. I've had other relationships that were not happy or comfortable. I had lots of careers. And I was always looking for happiness because I thought it was outside of me. And mm -hmm. we know that mm -hmm. that search is fruitless because happiness is inside. Right. What happened to me here in North Carolina in Arapaho in 2017 uh, changed everything for me. Let's go into your, your history, what you experienced as a kid uh, real quick, just to, so people can understand where you're coming from here. What was your experience uh, as a kid? What what happened back then? Uh, well, first of all, I was born in Istanbul, Turkey, mm -hmm. and my parents and I emigrated into the States when I was very little. Uh, and uh, I, for instance, I went to first grade here in the United States, not even knowing English. Right, right. And, uh, you know, Ren, I tend to concentrate on my conscious memories. I know there are lots of people who talk about their uh, their experiences through um, hypnosis or regression, and I'm not knocking it. Mm -hmm. uh, I just like to uh, talk about my experiences from my conscious memories. Right. And so when I was 10, uh, I started being visited by the spaceship uh, for a couple of years mm -hmm. and so many times that I lost count. Yeah. And I would be outside waiting for it, and it would arrive. I would see it arrive, and each time it would arrive from a different uh, direction. Mm -hmm. And it would fly right over my head, so I was looking up at it. 
and it was really smooth on the bottom. There was some lights. And when I saw it, I was so happy. Right. It was like I was being reunited yeah. with a loved one. Yeah. And it would land, and this la- uh, these stairs would come out. And a man would walk out of it. And he looked humanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a young man with dark hair right. and a dark outfit. I couldn't tell if it was one piece or two piece. What was slightly different about him were his ears. They were just ever so slightly elongated. Mm-hmm. And he was checking up on me. Yeah. He just wanted to make sure I was okay. Wow. And I cannot remember the specifics that we talked about. I just know the feeling after each encounter. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, my brother just just checked up on me to make sure I was okay. Right, right. And after each experience, I popped, I just, my eyes would just pop open in my bedroom. And then I'd have to go get dressed to go to fifth grade, to go to school. Right. And I didn't say anything to anybody, although I could tell my parents because my parents were absolute believers, but I did it. I didn't say anything right. for decades. So this experience continued until I was around 12. Mm-hmm. And I remember the very last time because it was very unusual. Because this time I was with a group of other kids. And I had never wow. been with a group of other kids before. Yeah. And I don't remember their faces. I just know we were all lined up next to each other. And we we're all looking at this spaceship just flying away yeah. and I was so sad right because I knew this was the last time oh wow and I knew oh okay I have to do what I'm supposed to do I have to do my work and then I pop back into my bedroom and in fifth grade I didn't know what that meant I didn't know what my work was none of that made sense to me so I just ignored it so for decades I ignored everything I ignored the weird marks on my body. I mm-hmm. I ignored the the chunks of skin missing from my body. Huh. I ignored uh, kind of feeling paralyzed in bed right. and having a being touching me, talking to right. me. I ignored the weird lights in my hallway. I ignored everything for decades. I ignored the gray showing me a baby in a tube. I wow. mean, it just went on wow. and on and on until finally... September 2017, mm-hmm. I moved to Arapahoe from Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C. And my second night there, I made contact. Wow. And with a gray. And it left a red X on my back. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I was in the kitchen unpacking dishes, and it felt like something bit my butt and it hurt. <laughs> right. So I yelled over to my boyfriend at the time, Patrick, because Patrick and I are no longer together. Mm-hmm. But uh, I said, Patrick, I think something bit my butt. Will you look at it? And he goes, yeah. So I go over to the living room, and I bend over, and he's looking at it. He's not saying anything, and I'm getting really nervous. And I'm like, well? And he goes, "Uh, yeah, there's a bug bite, but there's also a red X. Wow. And I knew right away it was the grays because I had been in contact with the grays before. And back then I thought the grays were horrible. I thought they were mean. I Mm -hmm. thought they were evil, which I do not think anymore. No, no. So we took a picture and I saw that X and we were both stunned. And it's an X that was about an inch and a half to two inches wide. And it was made up of nine small red circles that looked like they were burned into me. And they were all equidistant. And I have a picture of it on my Facebook page, Seb Talk, and I also uh, uh, 
I also show it on my YouTube channel, Alien Spirit TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was shocking. Yeah. So we were both just looking at each other like, what the heck mm-hmm. is that? And I knew, I knew it was related. Right. So I said to him, and he knew that I was having contact because he and I went to Roswell and something happened to the both of us there. Oh, wow. So I said to him, we're just going to forget about this. Just forget that we ever saw this red X. <laughs> but then nine days later, I came to in my bedroom and I had this, this gush of memory come forth. Uh, I could very clearly see it was like a little video in my mind's eye. I was on a, a bed that was like a hospital bed and I was on my side. And I felt paralyzed. Wow. I couldn't move yeah. my arms and I couldn't move my legs. And I was in a dimly lit room with just, I remember, one piece of furniture. And I felt something behind me. So I was able to turn my head. And when I did, standing right behind me, just a couple of inches from me, doing something to my back was a gray. Wow. And we locked eyes. Yeah. And I describe it like looking into two pools of black oil. Wow. And I was scared to death. And I turn my head back around and ding, I'm back in my bedroom. Right. And I get out of bed and I go downstairs. And Patrick always got up before I did. But this time I got up first. And I'm mm. waiting for him downstairs because I have to ask him that question again right you know when you look at my butt at the same time i'm so afraid because if there's another x on me uh-huh. i was thinking i'm not going to be able to handle it like right. this will be too much for me it yeah. will uh it will tip me over the edge like it, there better not be another x on me because i don't know what i'm going to do right so he wakes up and he comes downstairs and i tell him what i remembered and there was also something else that i knew when I was on that bed paralyzed with that gray behind me, mm-hmm. I knew I was on the moon. Oh, wow. So I tell him all this and uh, I ask him, you know, will you look at my butt? And once again, I bend over and he's looking and there's just silence. And I knew there was another one. Wow. And I'm getting really, 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 really worried. Wow. And he goes, yeah, there's another one that looks just like the first one. So the first one was actually on the left cheek of my butt. And the second one was on the right cheek. And they were across from each other, and they look the same. And I have a picture of this in my book. My book is You Have the Right to Talk to Alien. Right, right. So we're both stunned. I'm um, beside myself. You really can't even describe what it feels like when your complete reality just turns on its head. I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know what the truth was anymore. I didn't know what the heck was I doing in the middle of the night, going around talking to ETs, like what on earth, who, who am I, who are we, what is happening? Because dreams do not put two red X marks on your back. Right, right. So that was my, my, that was my big pivotal moment when they told me these are not imaginations. Like, please take this seriously. It is time to pay attention. Right. So um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was very upset. And I declared for the first time in my life that I needed help. Uh-huh. I had never declared that I needed help before. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know how it was going to come. I didn't know who was going to help me. I was just going to let it organically happen. Yeah. 
So one day, my one of my best friends, Elizabeth, who lives on Maui, she said, you know, you need to see that movie by Dr. Uh, Stephen Greer, Unacknowledged. Right. Right. I'm like, okay. I watched it, and that did something to me. Yeah. I got up, <laughs> and I went over to my computer, and I said, I need to send a picture of this to somebody. I didn't know who. Uh-huh. So I heard in my head, MUFON. Right. So I Googled right. MUFON, and there was Kathleen Martin. Uh-huh. Um, the director of experience research at the time, and also the niece of Betty and Barney Hill, the most famous abduction right. case. And she's right. an author and a speaker. And uh, I contacted her. I sent her a picture of the ex, and she wrote right back to me. She said, I've never seen that before. Wow. I'd love to talk to you. Yeah. And that was amazing. <laughs> she validated everything to mm-hmm. me, and that changed my life. Yeah. It, it does validate it when uh, you, you realize it. Okay, I'm not going crazy. This is actually going on. Now it's time to, mm-hmm. to really dig into it and try and understand it and learn from it. And that's that's where you start working through the emotional trauma side of it and realize that it's not as bad as you, you think it was. You know, I'm glad you said that. That's actually very true. <laughs> it's intense. You know, the personal work is intense. So well worth it. And these days, we don't have to do this work alone. And for experiencers, there's so much help, not just me, but many other people. Right. Uh, I just caution everyone that if you're looking for help, just try and find someone that you uh, energetically align with. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned uh, Dr. Stephen Greer. When I had these these sightings uh, here last year, I uh, reached out to someone who's a MUFON investigator um, out in Tennessee, and uh, she recommended I check out Stephen Greer's document documentaries. Was it Terry? No, her name was um Oh, I know who you're talking about. Angelia Shears her name. Yes. Lovely lady with long blonde hair. Yes. Unfortunately she's no longer with us. That's correct. Because I made contact with her too. She's a very sweet woman. Yeah, we had several conversations and she you know, one of my questions was, uh, you know, there's so much information on this out there. How do you really discern between what is more factual and what is just, you know, the entertainment uh, value out there? Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, watch for the common denominators, you know, watch for the patterns when you talk to people or when you do research or when you're listening to conversations or documentaries about this. And, and when you start finding those commonalities, the patterns, then you can look more into that and and see how that resonates with you. And that was a huge piece of advice. She recommended I watch Dr. Greer's uh, documentaries. And when I saw that, it all made sense. If you're kind of new to all this and really exploring it, you may, there's an unknown factor that may bring fear. And that's normal as humans. If you don't know or understand something, sometimes it can bring a little fear or anxiety behind it. But one of these common denominators is that this is a peaceful process, that there's a connection to our consciousness. So that is the direction I decided to go in was to look more into the consciousness side of it instead of the government or the fear or the abduction side of it. And that that just made so much sense. I like that. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, There are millions of people having ET contact and many of them don't even know it because of that interdimensional, multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Uh, reality to it. So uh, we've been conditioned to say that those kind of experiences are either fantasies or dreams, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not. They're real. And so there right. are a lot more people having ET contact that that uh, that aren't even aware of it. Right, right. And so that's uh, really 
my work or my focus is to just get it out there that, hey, there's lots of us that this is happening to. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You can come out and share it. Some of us are in families where we can't tell our relatives, but there's so many other people that are willing to help and listen without judgment. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, Last summer, I became a field investigator for MUFON for the state of North Carolina. Yes. And North Carolina is often in the top 10 states with the most sightings. Right. There's a vortex of energy. I'm guessing when when reports come in uh, through MUFON that are um, here in North Carolina, they kind of send you that case and you investigate them. What what actually do you do in that process? That's very, very fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm assigned a case uh, that takes place in uh, North Carolina, Mm -hmm. and I'm given the details, and then I contact the witness. And uh, it's interesting. There seems, well, it's happened. The last couple of cases of mine have been uh, concerning a triangular-shaped craft. Mm -hmm. Uh, For instance, uh, I investigated one case of this young man. And in uh, February 2019, Mm -hmm. it was um, around 5 a.m. in the morning, and he was driving to work. And uh, he was the only one on that stretch of highway at the time. And he sees this triangular craft Mm -hmm. in the sky, and then it flies right over him. Mm -hmm. And it's very large. It blocks out the stars, and there's no sound. Wow. This is a young man. He's been he's seen UFOs before. Two weeks later, he wakes up in his living room, and there is a, a light being in his living room holding a baby. Wow. And interestingly enough, he just had a baby two weeks prior. Oh, wow. So uh, it was this... Uh, a light being that uh, looked like it was made up of stars, and it was holding this infant being that looked like it was made up of stars, too. Mm -hmm. And he was on the couch, and it appeared, and it just started moving towards him, moving towards him, moving towards him. And he couldn't say anything. He wanted to say something, but nothing would come out. And then that's all he remembers. He doesn't remember anything else. Wow. So I uh, I interviewed him. We had a Zoom session, which was really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, uh, very credible, very believable. Mm-hmm. And I asked him about the hybridization program mm-hmm. because I've been given information about the hybridization program. Right. And I asked him if he thought he was part of it or if he thought his baby was part of it. Why is this being coming into his home holding an infant right. after he just has an infant? So the answer to these questions, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We can make guesses and we can talk about what feels right in our gut and our intuition. Uh, he believes that he does have a, a, a connection to the hybridization program. Right. He also believes that so does his baby in some way yeah. is connected to uh, ETs. He did say, and we hear this a lot with the younger children these days, yeah. how different they are. Oh, yeah. How wise they are. Oh, yeah. How profound they are. Oh, yeah. How smart they are. And how they uh, listen and pay attention to interdimensional information uh, and don't discount it like the older people do. Right, right. So could that be because their ET DNA has been activated? I believe we all have ET DNA. Yeah. All of us. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. of the stars. Mm-hmm. We're all one. And some of us have more ET DNA than others. And some of us are working on activating that DNA. Right. And when you activate that DNA, 
that's when you need to know the truth, right. the truth about yourself. Right. And that's where the spiritual journey comes in and just the truth about who we are and what's going on. Right. It's obvious that, that humanity is going through a type of shift right now. Uh, if you're observant and you really take a step back and you're, you're more of a conscious observer of what's going on, you can see it, you can feel it. Uh, it's like we are, as a human race, raising our consciousness as a whole. You're right. The kids these days, um, the babies being born, the the kids seem to be in this world uh, a lot more together than the rest of us. They just have it all together. It's like they uh, came into this life like that to what I feel kind of a vibe I'm getting is to help with this yeah. evolution, you know, of, uh, of human yes. beings. You know, also we can talk about the theory of different earths. Right. There's an infinite amount of uh, parallel earths, Dimensions. parallel realities. Yeah. I think about that a lot. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. actually all of us move into these parallel realities of earth without even realizing it. Yeah. And sometimes friends and family move into that different uh, earth with us and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're doing this constantly. Right. As we make a decision, we each decision we make and as we uh, change our frequency, then we flip into an alternate reality of Earth. And there's so many and they're just slightly different, slightly different, slightly different. That's what I think is happening. Mm -hmm. You're seeing more and more science and spirituality explaining some of the th same things. And there's more of a connection there. And it's they're starting to look more into the multiverse theories and, and parallel realities and things like that. And I, I had a, uh, I talked to someone on the podcast, one of my previous podcasts about the Mandela effect. Mm -hmm. And she was talking, uh, she was a physicist and was talking mm -hmm. about this phenomenon, looking at it from the scientific standpoint and the spiritual standpoint and connecting the dots between the two. And some of the things that, that we may experience or talk about when we talk about the Mandela effect is really this kind of thing happening. Mm -hmm. that there will be these little tiny changes that don't make sense. Hey, I've never seen that there before, but you hear, okay, that's always been there, but this is the first time I'm seeing it. You know, just little small differences like that, and it's starting to make more sense that that could be what's going on. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is a sign that you've flipped into a slightly different reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And apparently we're doing this all the time. Like you said, when we make a choice, if we're driving in a car and we come to an intersection, we can turn left or we can turn right or we can go straight. Whatever direction that we decide to go, that's the timeline that we're on. But there's also a version of you that also went straight, that also turned right, and they're having their experiences from that choice. Sometimes it seems like you may be able to tap into that a little bit. You know, okay, I turn left and I'm going down this way on this timeline, but something feels very familiar about an experience that I may have had if I had turned mm -hmm. right. It's like it's all really happening at the same time. Yes. Well, yeah, that's what they say, that time is all happening at the same time. There really is no time. It's just now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. That's how I see yeah. uh, past lives, really. I, I don't like to call them past because they're happening now. Mm -hmm. And we're all having multiple uh, experiences. Our energies right. are living a variety of consciousnesses all at the same time as earthlings and as other beings, too, on other planets and other dimensions. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we can plug into those lives and learn from those lives. And as we heal something in one of our alternate consciousnesses, it'll heal something in another one of our alternate consciousnesses. 
Yeah. That's why I think people are so interested in past lives. I do sessions. Uh, like I said, I'm a spiritual counselor and I do soul sessions. Mm-hmm. And a past life always comes up in these sessions. And it's always to explain something that's going on now because there's always some kind of connection. Right. Do you hate something like bluegrass music? Why do you hate bluegrass music so much? I don't know. Well, often in a session, an answer will come. It's because of something that happened in another life that you're consciously having, excuse me, that you're consciously having right now. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to figure that out, heal it so that it does. So that energy, because that has a frequency that has an energy. So that energy doesn't continue through all of your other consciousnesses and, and, and affect them. Right. Yeah. I also like to say, you know, you really, you don't have to do anything. No one has to do anything. No one has to go on a spiritual journey right. to find happiness. It's just, you really don't have to do any of this stuff. But for those of us who have been on this journey, we can tell you that there is really a very uh, significant, uh, beautifully dramatic change in your life when right. you do engage in this kind of uh, thinking and belief system. It's all very positive. Life does change in a lot of ways. And, you know, I can say that because I've experienced it with uh, with meditation and, and things like that really opened up uh, a lot more of that spiritual side. And, and life did change for the better. And it's 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 a work in progress We're sometimes we're the teacher, but we're always the student. So we're always learning. It's always this personal journey of growth. I experience it every day. So it's a very real, very true thing. Mm-hmm. I like that you meditate. Mm-hmm. That when uh, people ask, how can I make contact, the, the first suggestion is through meditation. Right. That's how you can make contact, is through meditation. Uh, it's the easiest way to make contact. Right. And it's also the one that maybe you might be able to get more validation from. Right. Uh, and it's, it's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not hard to make contact. And so we're talking about an ET, but, <clears throat> excuse me, there's other beings we can communicate with, too, that mm-hmm. are also ET in nature, that are... Right off this planet. Right. So I kind of group all of them, uh, ETs, uh, angels, uh, spirit guides. Uh, they're all, to me, in the same group of interdimensional beings that right. we communicate with. And going back to, to Dr. Stephen Greer with his documentaries, Unacknowledged, and uh, the last one, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, um, it's, uh, he really goes into meditation and spirituality as a way to contact. And so, you know, you have close encounters of the first kind, second kind, third kind that we've all heard about. Uh, but close encounters of the fifth kind is us making contact with them through meditation, through those quiet moments of contemplation, through feeling within yourself and feeling that connection that we have with everyone and everything. Yes. And, and I will say that practicing that out of curiosity I have seen more of these sightings through that. So I feel there's something to that. Oh, absolutely. Because it uh, awareness is really the key to everything. Once you have an awareness of something, then you can start making a choice of what you're going to do. Without the awareness, you're kind of stuck. So what's happening is we're all just becoming more consciously aware of what's going on. Yeah. That's the key. Just awareness itself changes the vibration of your body. Right. Just the awareness itself has the potential to increase your frequency. 
everything starts with that awareness mm -hmm. because if you don't know then you're kind of just operating in the dark uh so that's really the first step is just conscious awareness of what's happening and unfortunately that's coming in a twofold way um through people like you and me and right. through other experiences that i know who are yes. uh, speaking about it <clears throat> in a very positive and loving way and then the, all the other shows that just want to scare the hell out of you yeah yeah and so it's just like this which one is going which one is going to win that battle well that's where i say each individual it's up to each of us to express as much love as we can possibly right, express right. that includes first ourselves which is the hardest one right and then that collective energy will eventually start overriding that fear-based energy yeah. that is so prevalent it will something that i've i've gotten through this whole experience as well that has just it means so much to me and makes so much sense and i've talked about this on other podcast episodes before but you know if you were to to try and sum all of this up really in one sentence and just one piece of advice what came to me was do the things that bring you joy and be grateful for those things and it's as simple as that and just that act right there can completely change your world Oh my gosh, Ren, that is so right on. That is so right on. But we've been societally conditioned. No, you have your career, you have your job, and then what you really like to do, you just do that on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Also, uh, believe it or not, uh, when I ask uh, my clients, uh, you know, what their hobbies are, do you engage in anything? Many of my, well, not many, but some of my clients actually tell me uh, they don't have hobbies. Yeah, I've heard that. And I'm like, uh oh, okay, well, <laughs> right. it's important to be creative. It's yeah. very, be, the act of creating whatever it is, is a form of channeling and meditation. Right, Correct. It is a form of channeling. Yeah, yeah. And we all channel 24-7, oh, yeah. all of us are doing it. Some of us are aware of it, some of us aren't. But any act of creation is a form of channeling, yeah. and that um uh, bumps up your vibe yeah. you know grant cameron yeah. you know who yeah. grant cameron mm -hmm. is uh, uh from canada he interviewed me a couple times when i first came out oh, yeah. and uh, i really really like grant yeah and i find him to be uh, a very honest and, mm -hmm. and kind uh gentleman uh extremely knowledgeable and i like uh his perspective yeah he wrote a book called tuned in mm -hmm. such a good book it's about famous rock stars and musicians who yeah. admit to channeling the most famous yeah. songs that we have and who also admit to seeing ets it's a right. really good book oh yeah i mean people like uh who was it Jimi hendrix and uh oh who was it there were so many musicians that talked about that in his book um and it kind of makes sense. I mean, you can see it if you really think about it and really look into it. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix, you know, there's some people you can just tell that they're plugged in. And he's one of those people you could just tell he was totally plugged in. Oh, yeah. And it seems like sometimes when you're really, really plugged in, you have a hard time being a human yeah. and that your your time on earth is kind of short. Right. Yeah, that's very true, too. Now you do notice that some of these these greats, especially, you know, musicians or even actors, comedians that are just... Uh, on a different level, they leave us pretty soon, it seems. And you can go down the list if you really stop and think about it. There's so many of them, like Jimi Hendrix and Elvis and Jim Morrison and John Lennon, Freddie Mercury, Kurt Cobain, Chester Bennington, Chris Cornell, Robin Williams, Heath Ledger. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. 
And I've met some of them, had conversations with them, and you can just tell that Mm -hmm. very, very special people. We're all special in so many ways, but these people just knew. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is. It's kind of like a burning out. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of reasons I'm poor. Uh, But the way I see it is it it feels like some people just are just too sensitive. Mm -hmm. If there's Mm -hmm. such a thing, I really actually don't believe I'm too sensitive, but who Mm -hmm. are highly, highly sensitive and maybe just can't deal with the pain that is on earth, the collective pain. Yeah. So much pain on this planet. Some people are so plugged into that that they can't release it. And then some of us see the pain and try and help. Some of us see the pain and don't help. It doesn't matter. But it just seems like some of us are able to deal with the collective pain better than others. And the ones that just get en- enveloped by it yeah. uh, leave early. Yeah, yeah. At the same time that they're uh, overwhelmed with the pain, but they're creating such gorgeous songs and writings and poems and paintings and things to help us feel better. I maybe to help themselves feel better. Yeah. They feel so much more deeply everyone and everything around them and the state of the world and how we treat each other as humans and the war and the greed and the corruption and the manipulation and all that going on. People just being miserable. They say they, we want to go back to normal But the version of normal you want to go back to, you were miserable. And these people can feel that energy throughout the world. And and I agree, I think it becomes a little bit too much for them at the time. But while they're here, they do amazing things for our world, for the human collective, the things that they create, the messages that they share. If you really read or listen or look into it, there's always something in their work and their creative projects that you can learn a lot from. It's there. And it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things going on within our government and other institutions as well. There's just like this big thumb on the top of our heads, just trying to push us down. But many of us are fighting that thumb on the top of our uh-huh. heads. And that does, and that happens through conscious awareness and uh-huh. plugging into our multidimensional and quantum reality. That's where you can get that thumb off your head. Right. Yeah, exactly. As people start to question, and I noticed, you know, with with the COVID thing last year, um, a lot of people started to question it. Something doesn't feel right about this. This is just weird. What's what's really going on with this? Something doesn't feel right about it. It just doesn't add up. And the moment where you start to question what's going on around you like that is the moment you start to kind of, quote unquote, wake up a little bit and start to explore these questions that you have. And when you start to explore these things, that's when a lot of this information and this energy starts to come to you, you attract it to you and things just start making a lot more sense to you at that point. It's kind of exciting to see in the world, you know, I'm excited for you Why? because your contact is going to start happening more and more and more and more. And probably what's going to happen is you're going to start having a lot more conscious memories uh, come to the forefront. It, you know, it honestly, you know, and I really don't talk about it a lot, but, uh, you are, you are right. I mean, there have been some recently that are starting to make more sense about the whole thing that I can't really explain yet, but things are starting to make a little more sense. And I am honestly, you know, seeing these more and it's not just me. Sometimes it's with groups of friends and we'll all see these things in the sky. So, 
yeah, there's, there's something to it all. And I'm, I'm excited uh, and very curious about this journey. I think that's exciting. Uh, just to see where it goes. I feel that, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of excited about it, honestly. Me too. Mm-hmm. Grant Cameron says that this is the biggest news in the world. Like this is the most important news in the world. Like this is, this is bigger than winning the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. Yeah. I look forward to the day when we are visiting uh-huh. with other beings or having dinner with them, or maybe they're living next door to us or that we're communicating with them and having really loving and caring relationships with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that we're all together and that, you know, there's a gray and there's a Nordic and there's a, this, and there's a, they, there's another kind. And there's so many different kinds of beings, so many different kinds. We only know just a few, right? but sometimes uh, they're just, consciousness they don't even really have a body mm-hmm. or there's mm-hmm. the light body it just comes in so many different shapes and realities and different vibrations right so the ce5 uh protocol that, that dr stephen greer is doing more and more people are doing that around the world i'm noticing i've i've talked to a lot of people uh who who do it um they have groups in different cities and it's a lot about coming together and just kind of bonding as a group and um uh, using consciousness, meditation to reach out and connect with these beings. And, and I've been seeing videos, you know, of, of some of these groups that are pretty fascinating. Um, they will do this, and next thing you know, there's a ship flying through the sky. Or they can call it back. You know, you'll, you'll hear them say, hey, thank you, please come back, don't leave yet. And the ship will turn around and start going back to uh, towards them. It's it's so fascinating to watch. A lot of people may not understand it. I mean, I don't fully understand it, but you know, you're seeing this more and more happening. So it's not just a, a random thing. There's something to it. I feel, are you experiencing anything like that? Do you do that kind of contact work? Have you talked to others who do? I, I have talked with many who do. Uh, I know people who uh, have CE5 groups. Some of them use the night vision goggles. Do you use them? I do. Absolutely. It's just through consciousness. It's a, it's a real thing. So I do want to talk about uh, your book here as well. Uh, I know you, you work with experiencers. Uh, again, there's so many people out there that have had experiences or or feel something they're not quite sure what's going on, but they don't want to tell anybody, friends or family or anybody, because they're afraid of what the reaction may be or what are being judged for these experiences. But you do help these people and bless you for doing that. I think it's wonderful because when you have someone that you can actually talk to about these things, it opens things up so much wider. It makes you feel so much better. You understand it for what it is. And your book is called, You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens. So tell people more about your book, um, where they can get it, uh, what it's about, and how they can contact you if they have had these experiences and want to just want to have someone to talk to about it. Thank you. Uh, The book, You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens, is on Amazon. And as I had uh, said earlier, when I was looking for help, I, I uh, got in touch with uh, Kathleen Martin. Mm-hmm. And when we, she and I were talking, um, I said to her, what am I supposed to do with all this information that I've been given? Because I've been given information about the hybridization program and Earth's possible fate and all of this stuff. And what am I supposed to do with it? Because I see myself in my mind's eye on stage. 
talking about it. Mm. And Kathy said, I can't tell you what to do. This is something you have to figure out on your own. Right. So just a couple months after that conversation, I woke up one morning and I declared I'm writing a book. And I wrote it in a couple months. And I wrote it because at that moment I realized uh, I realized there are others having uh, experiences and through my um, through my difficulties and through my successes, uh, I just want to share that. So people who are having a difficult time with their ET contact know that they can transform it uh, and use it uh, to uh, better themselves. Right, right. And it was just two weeks after my book came out that I heard from AlienCon. And they said, congratulations, you're a speaker at AlienCon in Baltimore. Nice. So my big coming out was right there in Baltimore, which was a big deal for me. That was in 2018 because I had so many experiences in Baltimore. I lived in Baltimore for about 20 years. So it was really good for me to come out there and come out at AlienCon. And when I was at my vendor table, there were so many people that came up to me and said, I have never told anybody this before, but, and then told me their experience. Right. That's when I realized this is what I want to do. I want to hear. I've never told anyone this before, but I'm going to tell you. And that is music to my ears. You are absolutely right about that. You know, this, you know, I, I haven't talked about this kind of thing publicly much at all. I may have hinted around about it on podcasts or, or being on the radio, but uh, lately I've started to, to kind of put it out there a little bit more just to, to talk more about it. And it's not as much for me. It's more to see who, who else is out there that's, that's having these experiences and to, to learn more about that. And you are absolutely right. I, I posted one of the videos online just to kind of see really out of curiosity to see what kind of reaction it would get. 99.9% of the people that responded to me from this said, oh, I've never told anybody this, but, or, oh, I've seen the same thing, or my friend has seen the same thing. It was amazing how many people came out and started talking about this and could relate to it. Yes, I'm so glad you did that. Was that the, uh, I might have seen that post. Was that recently where you posted an orb? It was, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was cool. I was pretty happy that you did that. Grant Cameron does a, a lot of work with orbs, too. And uh, just about two weeks ago, I uh, I was asked to be in a Canadian TV docuseries. Uh, well, two weeks ago, I was filmed uh, for an episode on that uh, about the UFO reality. It's supposed to come out in August. Nice. Uh, but I can't say much more about it. But I was really happy to be involved. I was really glad that they asked me. There's a couple of other experiencers I think that might be in that show that are well-known. We know their names. Uh, and it just seems like Canada just seems to be a little bit more ahead in acceptance than uh, uh, the United States. Right. <laughs> I'm from Turkey, and there even seems to be a bit more of an acceptance there in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, in England, uh, I was interviewed by Joe Wood, who was married to Ron Wood from the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she and Ron uh, saw a UFO in Brazil, wow. and uh, it affected them so much that they're both believers, and she has now gone on to have her own podcast, oh, nice. uh, Alienation by Joe Wood, and she interviews experiencers. She's a complete believer, and she is a very well-known personality mm-hmm. over there. 
So for someone like that to come out and be so open about it is fantastic. I don't know if we have really well-known personalities saying that here. You know what I mean, like in the in the pop world or in the modeling world or in the music world. Maybe we do, and I just haven't heard about it. Uh, yeah, there are there are some. Oh, uh, Demi Lovato is um, currently producing a show on this. She's had a couple of experiences. Mm, good. Uh, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith's really into it. Um, the uh, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers, has seen them uh, and knows about uh, CE5. Uh, there, there are several, I'm sure, but again, they just don't tell anybody. Because they're afraid they're going to be judged. I would think the more creative you are, you can't help but come in contact with another mm-hmm. being. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because you're playing in that, that quantum realm of, yeah, downloading information and downloading uh, visions and information and knowledge. Right, right. And I've been told recently uh, that, that, you know, frequently we just don't know it because we're kind of in a, the mid astral level when this happens, almost like a daydream type feeling where uh, like a dream, when you wake up from a dream, you may remember bits and pieces of it, but it's, it quickly disappears and you may forget what you were dreaming that night. But the same thing can kind of happen. And what was recommended was to ground that energy more uh, when you do feel it. And, and I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? Uh, And they said, do something physical with that energy, like write it down or draw a picture about it or talk to someone about it. And when you make, when you transform that energy or make it more physical into your reality, it becomes more physical and it opens up more of the memories and the experience that you have so that not only can you have more experiences in the future, but you'll be remembering them more and being more uh, uh, conscious and aware of them, which kind of made sense to me. Yeah, that's right on. Uh, on my website, planetsev.com, I have a section where you can go in and I share uh-huh. some of the stories, uh, the ET contact stories, along with drawings. Uh, some people don't want their names mentioned, and I completely understand that, and I honor that. A couple of people don't mind if their names mentioned, but uh, on my uh, on my website, I have many of these stories from around the world, and I think it's really important to share them and to share the drawings and to share the stories because someone could read that and then just like you said, all of a sudden there's this aha moment of oh my mm-hmm. gosh, okay, that happened right. to me, and now uh, I feel safer thinking about it because it also happened to this other person. I'm not the only one. It is not my imagination. This is really important, really, really, really important to share. You don't have to share, but it really is important. For yourself, number one, and then for the rest of us, number two. Yeah, especially being more of an individual type experience, um, it is important to share because it does. If if you have an experience and it doesn't make sense and you may, I mean, it, it's all quote-unquote alien to us. It's not something that we understand. We may feel it deep down or maybe subconsciously, but from a conscious standpoint, people that begin to experience these things, there's that level of the unknown that may bring the fear, and that may be what you focus on. But the more you talk about this, the more you uh, express yourself um, through this, the more it starts to make sense and you realize that this was not a negative thing. It was a very positive experience. It was uh, based in peace and love and connection and unity and togetherness. All the things that we want to see in this world these are the experiences you're having when you have them. And there's a lot to be learned from that. Yes. So many, so many experiences of 
recounted their experiences to me. Uh, and they have said, oh, I was just felt so much love. I felt so much love. I felt so safe. They were giving me uh, information. And I remember a couple of them said, and in that moment, I knew everything. Like yeah. I knew everything. I knew yeah. the answers to everything. And now, now in their 3D reality, a 3D version of themselves, they don't remember what all of that was. Right. We can't remember right. all of it, but hopefully we can uh, pull some of those memories to the front and, uh, right. and, and use them. Uh, and I like what you said about write it down and draw pictures. Pictures mm -hmm. really are a really wonderful way oh, yeah. to, uh, to, um, to share what you saw. Uh, I encourage, uh, the people that I'm investigating for, uh, MUFON to draw pictures too. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's good for me so I can get a handle on what's happening. But just like you said, it's good for them. Because it is like a portal. You're stepping into this portal and it's opening you up as you do that. And the, the more experiences you'll have through that mm -hmm. because you're, you're getting used to it. You're making it more of a, a conscious yes. thing. And, uh, and that helps so much. Yes. Yes. And so, so someone might ask, well, why do I want more experiences? Well, you want more experiences because you're going to be given information. You're going to be given advice. You're going to be nurtured uh, to help you uh, be a happy human. Like this is X, this is free right. ET psychotherapy. Yeah. That's what I call it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to have a place and a person to talk to if you are curious and interested in this, or if you have had some of these experience to, to make a little more sense. Thank you for doing what you do. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. If I had known I would be doing this 10 years ago, I would like totally freaked out. Oh, yeah. But it's just so second nature and so yeah. comfortable now. It's it's so fascinating. And I'm really glad that, that we connected and we can have this conversation. Uh, we're, the, I could talk to you about this, you know, for days, but we are kind of <laughs> limited on time for right now. We can continue this another time and make a part two and part three if we want to. I would um, love But that, I right? should probably wrap this up um and let you go but i do want to let people know uh your website planet sev sev com is your website yes your book again is called you have the right to talk to aliens uh and so if you're interested in this if you have you know feelings or or little memories or have had sightings or experiences uh you can contact you you know and, and file a report through the MUFON channel there with you or mm -hmm. on a more personal private session kind of level, people can contact you and talk about this in more of a private setting as well. Yes. Thank you. I would, uh, I would love to hear from all of you who've had contact, who've had these experiences. I really enjoy communicating with all of you. And if anyone's interested in becoming a field investigator for MUFON, uh, you could just go on MUFON.com and just uh, get the information there. You do have to study. There's a manual that you have to study, and there is a test you have to take. Uh, and so they are looking for serious people, uh, but it is a really fun thing to do. And there is so much activity in North Carolina that if you do become an investigator, chances are that you will be given quite a few uh, investigations to work on. And uh, one thing that's uh, very interesting that's happening with these cell phones now the way they take pictures now there's a lot of lens flares mm -hmm. so we do mm -hmm. get quite a few pictures of lens flares and things thinking that they're ufos oh yeah uh, yeah so that's an interesting um a modern twist to all of this 
uh, how these iPhones are taking pictures. I have noticed that you do see a lot of the lens flares and people wondering what, what it is, but you can repeat yeah. that, you know, if you, if you experiment with that, you'll see the lens flare yeah. uh, through your camera and the pictures you take. And there's yeah. something else out there too, that's been popping up a yeah. lot that people are uh, kind of wondering about are uh, Elon Musk's Starlink satellites. They're being seen widely all around the world. It's yeah. it's a string of lights that move across mm-hmm. the sky, and a lot of people think they're UFOs. They're fascinating to watch. It's so cool to see them. Uh, but those are uh, those are satellites. <laughs> if you happen to see those and wonder, yes, yeah, we've had a couple emails uh, telling us that we might be getting some mm-hmm. reports, and just to keep an eye on that. When we do our research when for a case, it we research them for hours and hours and hours because I have to investigate um, the what satellites are in the area, oh, yeah. you know, the Starlink things. I have to investigate all of that. I have to look to see if there's any unusual mm-hmm. uh, cosmic things going on. Uh, are there airports nearby? I mean, it's hours of investigation that we put into each uh, witness's submission. So we take it very seriously. Oh, absolutely. And we have a really good da- database, MUFON does. And like you said, North Carolina is and has been for a while in the top 10 in the country, states mm-hmm. that have a lot of sightings. Yeah, so I guess it's it's not strange that I ended up here. No. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense right. that I'm here in North Carolina. Uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Seb, it's been so much fun talking to you. Like I said, I could talk to you, you know, for days about this whole thing and we'll continue this conversation, but thank you so much for taking the time to do this and to talk about your work and your, your history and your experiences and really hope that this can, and I think it will, I really think this will help a lot of people out there that have had similar experiences. Well, Ren, you're very good at what you do. You're a very good interviewer. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you with all my heart. I appreciate that. Move on, investigators. Sev talk, everybody. That's it for the Phantom Radio podcast. I'm Ren. If you want to reach out to me, Ren, R-E-N-N, at RadioCharlotte.com. And summertime is coming. It's getting warm already. So when you're out and about this summer for the first time in a while, don't let the busyness of the world keep you from taking a moment to stop and just look up into the stars. You never know what you might see. My name is Jay. I live in North Carolina. I've been doing contact work for over six years. Hi, my name is Megan. I am actually calling from Charlotte, North Carolina, and wanted to just talk a little bit about the couple of sightings that my friends and I have seen around the Charlotte area. Whoa! Did you see that? Yes, keep looking. Keep looking. Did you see it? It's phasing out. Is it? It's gone, yeah. The thing just phased out. I have seen orbs are basically balls of light in the sky. Sometimes they get dim, sometimes they get bright, sometimes they disappear completely, sometimes they reappear, sometimes they stay steady and continue across the sky. Oh, right here. See it? Yep. You guys are awesome. From flashbulbs and what are also known as orbs and also kind of like a stream of light was going in the opposite direction, like up like a rocket, but more like a comet looking, and several other things. It went like this, it went, that orb was moving. There you go, right above us, directly over here. Oh yeah. I see it. The sucker's moving pretty good too. Are you recording that, Rick? I am. Wow. All right, it is gone, I don't see it anymore. Wow. That was interesting, though. 
changing direction. And you get you recorded it all. I did. Yeah. Other times I see what we call flash bulbs, where it's basically a focused strobe light that flashes and leaves nothing behind. That is 90% of the sightings that I've seen. The other 10%, things that are a little more difficult to explain. A lot of it's still in the form of light. Dude, what is going on with your radio? Man, that radio's going nuts. There's something in the area. Yeah. Oh. oh, there it is. Wow. Thanks, guys. See? Orangish, reddish color orbs are um, quite fascinating to myself in particular. I originally saw one early in 2021 hovering above the skyline and moving in left to right and up and down and kind of a diagonal and not at a pace that you would typically have anything that close to any of the buildings. Wow. You saw it got super bright. Yeah, I, I saw it then. Yeah. And then it went away. Yeah. But then it came back up. That was weird. Interesting. Where did it go? It's right in here. Yep. Good call. Wow. Look at that thing getting bright. Look wow. That. Shit, shit, shit. Point to it. Point to it. Dude, that was a trip. That was a bang, bang, bang. Is it up near the moon? They're all moving then would move over and then down again and then kind of faded out and then then back in and it's really quite fascinating. Yeah, it's, they're still there. Ren, do you see them? I do. And they, they lit up too? Yeah. Oh, here you go. Over here, right in front of us. Yep. yep, I see it. I saw them all together moving for a split second. That thing is going nuts. Yep. yep. <laughs> This is amazing. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us tonight. You guys are awesome. We appreciate you. Phantom Radio, Charlotte.